Welcome to the Newsflash. My name is Sayer Devlin. I'm the managing editor for Washington Square News. For our first story, I talked to Nia Harris, the CAS sophomore whose email to administrators touched off the controversy surrounding Weinstein's Black History Month menu. Afterward, we hear from Deputy News Editor Christina Hayhurst about the long list of wrongs Aramark, NYU's food service provider, has committed over the years. Last week, an NYU dining hall, Downstein, served a meal in honor of Black History Month. On the menu, ribs, cornbread, collard greens, and other soul foods. The drinks that were served alongside were Kool-Aid and watermelon-flavored water. The racist menu has exploded since, becoming a national news story and reverberating across social media. Misinformation has spread in its wake, as some outlets have falsely reported that two black cooks were fired over the incident. That is wrong. The head chef and manager of Downstein were fired, both of whom are white. Past the headlines, however, is the story of one student, CAS sophomore Nia Harris, who is also a Martin Luther King Jr. scholar. Last Wednesday, Harris walked into Downstein for lunch and was taken aback by the food and drinks being offered. She asked various staff members who was responsible for the menu and was eventually directed to the head chef. Disheartened by the staff's response, Harris sent an email to nearly every NYU dean and other high-level administrators expressing her dismay at the meal and the response she was given. First of all, the issue is that they put it out, period. But... the the bigger issue was the response to us just like inquiring about what was going on or like why this was happening like just complete ignorance and like dismissal of us i think that's what pissed me off more was like the fact they were like okay well literally the guy said like what did he say like are you offended or something yes that that's why i'm here because i'm offended like why are you even you're asking questions that you know the answer to yeah five days later she is yet to get a response to her email. Harris also posted a screenshot of her email on Facebook and eventually made the post public. Her status went viral. Over 2,000 people have reacted and the post has been shared nearly a thousand times. There are hundreds of comments on the post, many of them hateful, racist, and sexist. I talked to Nia just a few hours after she sent that email before President Andrew Hamilton apologized, before the story erupted into something that hundreds of thousands of people had seen, before she had sexist insults hurled at her by angry Facebook trolls. One of the first things she brought up was how antithetical the Black History Month menu was to NYU's stated values as a global inclusive university. The school prides itself on being diverse and inclusive and global whatever those words mean to the people here that work here. Uh, But yet, you know, we have to deal with, you know, things like this that I think contradict what the school is, I guess, about. So I think, if anything, I'm tired. If anything, I'm tired. In the interview and in her email, Harris also lamented the fact that watermelon is out of season and the fact that a lot of the blame was put on the cooks when it was the head chef and the manager who planned the menu individually. Who decided that we were going to put out Kool-Aid and watermelon? And another thing I'd like to know is watermelon is out of season. Watermelon grows from May to September, so it's practically the summer. And it doesn't even hit till, like, end of May. So someone literally went out and bought this with the intention of putting it out today. And that's, like, 
all of that could have been, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're doing things that could have been avoided. A lot of my issue with this also was that they were trying to divert the blame to the cooks, which is incorrect. Like, the blame is at the people who, the managers, you know, the people who are overseeing this. Though Harris has taken a lot of flack on social media, she said it would all be worth it if it effectuates actual positive change. I'll take that. I'll take that if if it helps to, like, move towards this larger, this larger goal that we're, that we're, move, like, aiming towards. Like, if we're really trying to be diverse and inclusive, like, let's do this right. Huh. You know what I mean? Like, let's stop, let's stop beating around the bush. Like, reinforcing stereotypes, that's not doing diversity correctly. Harris said that the menu incident was proof that black students belong at NYU. They're not here just completing their studies, but they're also here as educators, teaching their fellow students what is wrong and what is right, what is okay and what is not okay. Anybody who, is frustrating, but like, for anybody who thinks that black students don't deserve to be here, this is a clear indicator why. We do our regular studies in addition to this extra learning that we have to do. Like, this is extra learning that I'm doing. I'm learning how to talk to an administration about racial issues. You know, I shouldn't have to do this work, but I'm doing extra work. Joining me now is Deputy News Editor Christina Hayhurst. Christina, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Um, So, Christina, I understand that you've been doing a lot of writing and reporting on Aramark. So, who and what is Aramark? Yeah, so Aramark is basically NYU's food provider, um, and they employ most of our dining hall workers at NYU um, and provides our food. Um, Along with that, they cater to a range of universities, um, providing food services, facilities, and uniforms to a range of clients from sports teams to healthcare providers to numerous state and county correctional facilities. So why is Aramark significant to NYU? Well, that's um, a really long answer, but it kind of starts in Aramark's history of discrepancies in the prison system. Um, So while the company has been rated as one of the world's most ethical companies on ethosphere.com multiple years in a row, they have also had a ridiculous number of reports claiming malpractice. The issues range tremendously from undercooked food, finding maggots in potatoes, food poisoning, understaffing, sexual affairs between workers and inmates, employees attempting to hire inmates to assault other inmates. I mean, the list goes on. I think the most vivid account that I read during my research was of a prisoner who worked in the kitchen, um, and he found cakes with rat bites on them. And when the inmate had attempted to throw them out, an Aramark employee told him not to and instructed him to cover the bites with icing and then serve them during the meal. Um, Despite all of this, Karen Cutler, Aramark's communications VP, continues to deny that there is any validity to these claims, yet the reports trickle in year after year. I have a full document on my computer just listing them all out, and I'm sure I've missed some in my research process. Um, But why this is significant to NYU is because, in response to these reports, NYU Prison Divest started a petition last year urging NYU to divest from the company, saying that NYU's continued ties with Aramark demonstrated that they supported these inhumane practices. When speaking with um, the Incarceration for Education Coalition, the group that Prison Divest is a part of, um, and NYU, they emphasize... 
it, it comes up like time and time again that NYU just doesn't really want to put in the work to actually make the changes that need to happen on campus. And it's usually a financial motive. And uh, I don't know. I mean, we just think that NYU should hold themselves to the standard that they claim to have, which is that they're diverse and they're inclusive and that they're not discriminatory. But I don't know. They continue to use companies and invest in other other companies as well that use prison labor. I mean, it's just it's just hard to like welcome people to our campus who are formerly incarcerated while at the same time profiting off of incarceration. When the IEC approached the administration with their petition last year, they received a hasty and insincere response. One of the members said that NYU cited financial reasons for not looking for another company. This is another quote from the IEC. Basically, they have like the financial incentive to do nothing in the sense that like that's going to be their cheapest way out of this possible, and also like they don't have to pay people, put in the hours to find a new company and figure out new ways to provide dining services at, to a large university such as NYU. Um, I know that's definitely something they brought up as one of their biggest pushbacks that they basically don't want to have to go through all of that and find a new company. Um, which, you know, we understand, but it's their job. So. Are there other problems with Aramark other than their uh, participation in prisons? Absolutely. They also provide food to Direct Provision, which is an institute for asylum seekers to stay while they wait for relocation. Direct Provision has been widely criticized because it denies residents the right to work, study, or cook their own meals. While it is supposed to house asylum seekers temporarily, many families end up spending seven to ten years in this in-between state. Through this, colleges across Ireland have started protests and boycotted any place serving food provided by Aramark. Protests have also been happening in the United States, such as the Free Alabama Movement, who marched on Washington last January against Aramark. And recently, Columbia decided to divest from the private prisons. They sent a letter to NYU in an attempt to sway them to divest as well. The contract for Aramark will be up this summer, but it's unclear if NYU will divest or not. What's stopping NYU from divesting? Mostly financial things, I believe. When I talked with the IEC, they said the main reason the administration said they were hesitant to divest last year was because they had financial incentive to do nothing, as I mentioned in the quote before. Providing food for such a large university is difficult and costly, and there are only a few companies with the resources to do it. What comes next for NYU's relationship with Aramark? After the events in Downstein last week, which almost directly mirrors the meal served at Loyola a week beforehand, I think the problems with our connections to Aramark are becoming more and more apparent. There is no way to deny that Aramark, while citing diversity, inclusivity, and the well-being of their consumers as some of their essential values, has some big holes in their ethics and the implementation of those practices. Like the IEC said, it comes down to the fact that Aramark refuses to look at its consumers as real people, but sees them as a quota to be filled. It's obvious when it comes to prisoners, but it's more subtle when it comes to universities. However, I think the evidence is stacking up against Aramark, and if NYU wants to continue to call itself inclusive, supportive, diverse, and conscious of all the students that walk through its doors, Aramark cannot remain a part of the university. Christina, thank you for coming on. Yeah, of course. Thank you to Christina Hayhurst for bringing us that story. You can subscribe to and rate our podcast on iTunes, listen to it on SoundCloud and Stitcher and other podcatching platforms. Our audio engineer is Tom Miratello. He makes this podcast possible. This was the News Flash.